1: And and but you and I've been talking a little bit anyway. Crazy ideas happen a lot. Yeah, they, they do, they
0: do. But just then, then we reach like oh money. Yeah, exactly. Huh. Well, they always relate to that. There's
1: always more ideas than there is cash. Right. But but here's the thing: the the sedan challenge thing we're talking about. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. Getting me a Phaeton and
0: getting you a question mark. Well, it's become a question mark because of feedback from our board member Patreons, yes, yes, and yes, they yes. have kind of indicated the XJR wasn't quite interesting enough, which. I'm all there. And the reason I thought of it yeah. was because it, it meets a lot of criteria. It's right in that same model range mm-hmm. or, or the gears built yeah, yeah. as, as your fate. And I'm going to call it your fate. Now uh, stop. <laughs> but okay. Yeah. And it was also a $90,000 car that has fallen off a cliff as far as price. So it really met, you know, it's intriguing. It's sort of like, I wonder what it's like to own and drive that car and all that stuff. We've been
1: playing with options
0: (laughs) kind of individually. And then today we were
1: talking about it. And I think we may be there because we've been playing with options for what's a car that has a similar connection, I guess, to you, Paul.
0: Yeah. And that
1: would be similarly (laughs) funny that you would be driving this car as it is for me, that Lotus owner, to be driving a Phaeton. Okay. And yeah. and also just so you guys know, this this GoFundMe that we have, you can connect right from our website, everydaydriver.com. There's a GoFundMe thing, and it goes for this. Just so you guys know the structure, we have fourteen grand listed there as the number. That's mm-hmm. actually higher than makes this happen. But I want to explain all this. I want to be more clear than maybe we've been before because I realize maybe we haven't been as clear as we M- Yeah, could be. Maybe, so, maybe so. So so here's the thing. Our intention is you guys had the idea for us to do the GoFundMe to get most of the way to paying for these cars. We're right. going to cover right. whatever maintenance it is to keep them running and tires, and I'm already horrified. But we're going to do Yikes. YouTube content and TV content and compare them against new sedans that are very expensive and all this kind of stuff that we want to do. They could break we down the desert.
0: We just don't know. Yeah,
1: they could not never get home. But we've we got to get them first. And you guys and our patrons were very helpful on our Discord with, with talking about this is how we should yeah. do this. Right. So right. we set this up. And then the XJR has been kind of a wah in people's mind. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. So we've looked around and we've found that for roughly the prices we need, which is like an eight $9,000 high end for these cars, you can find Maserati Quattroportes. They're not a lot, but they're out there.
0: Just, just saying the word Maserati makes me upset.
1: I know, and I and I, I can't tell you how much I like the idea of putting you in a Maserati <laughs> Quattroporte while I drive a Phaeton. That to that just makes
0: me laugh. I'm just going to be gnashing my teeth on just, camera it just for makes thirty me minutes, laugh. and I hope
1: I, maybe it'll just. Uh, I don't think it will, but maybe it'll just run. I mean, it is honestly, it is the polar opposite, even much more so than the Jag. It is the polar is. opposite of the Phaeton idea. So, yeah. guys, I, I I want I want to let you know the the clear realities of this for the financials of the show. We're not always this transparent, but here's the clear realities. The GoFundMe will be altered to be ten grand. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's about these two cars. The intention is for us to drive them for six months to a year, and then we're going to give them away to somebody that gave us money to give <laughs> them the in the first porte, place. backing exactly. away slowly. Exactly. So we're going to give them away to, to. If you gave money for this ridiculous idea, then you can end up winning one of these cars, which is very cool. So mm-hmm. anybody that gives more than twenty dollars, that is considered an entry, and every twenty dollar increment is another entry. So that's mm-hmm. how this is going to mm-hmm. work. Okay, yep. but that's a year from now. Getting these cars is the thing. And I gotta be honest, I really want to do this. I really, really do. I think
0: we should if we can. It's just. If we, if we get eight grand or
1: above, we're doing it. That we were looking at the finances, we were talking about. If we get eight grand or above from you guys, we're doing this. Okay? And just so you know, we're just barely over halfway.
0: The reason I had suggested XJR in the beginning mm-hmm. was because I was finding $15,000 slightly used Quattroportes. And I thought, well, that's... It's that's, too far not No, as, no, no. We can't go That's down. not as good. That's not as juicy of a... Mm-hmm. And I was, I found a $33,000 Quattroporte. I don't know who will buy that, but they were mm-hmm. asking way too much. And so mm-hmm, I, I mm-hmm. discounted it from the beginning because I thought, all right, well, that just... I wasn't finding them cheap enough. And I was thinking, well, that just doesn't meet what we really need yeah. out of it. Yeah. And so I kind of discounted it. And then it had come across the XJR. But I love the quattroporte. I'm gonna be ranting. You will be a a constant pickle fork rant. Oh, and just so you guys know,
1: look, I I would really like financially, I would really like the show you guys to raise ten grand for us to do this. That would make me breathe easier. But we have kinda decided if it breaks eight grand we're going. We're gonna, for gonna it. bite the bullet. Yeah. We're so do it. look, we're at, we're at just over four thousand right now, and we're gonna keep this thing live through the end of October. And and very candidly, it either hits that eight thousand dollar figure, and we move, or we push all that money back. Yeah, absolutely. Which will probably have a cost to push money back. That's a separate thing. That's a the, But we'll we refund we the we money if we don't hit yeah. that eight grand. But but this is the challenge slash horrifying idea. Uh, if you guys would like to help us with this madness. And delve into the madness further, because look, it will be. It'll be YouTube videos. It will be rant things. It'll be It'll a be lot of driving. Podcast. We'll set
0: out on drives through the desert. We'll go. We'll have, we're destination gonna have to, go, cities. The, we're going to have to pick these cars up. That right there is going well, to yeah, happen. Well, exactly. yeah, exactly. Wherever the cars can are located, can we drive them home? I am going to start a new series of photography called "Rusted, Broken Down Quattroporte in the Desert." <laughs> and here is a beautiful sunset with the purples and the oranges reflecting. I'll tell you the, the title right off now. Off the rust, the title of the the
1: whole photography project is called "Quattroporte on the Shoulder." That's oh, the title of it. That's and good. It's
0: just it's in all kinds of great places. Yeah, that's good. I'm yeah. gonna have to put this isn't an abandoned car sticker and, on it. And so mine you will know.
1: be fate and fails. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even know. And fate and fails but
0: spelled with the PH. A, that could be like a new topic Tuesday. Fate and fails spelled with the PH. Anyway, <laughs> exactly, so just letting you guys exactly. know
1: that this is where our, our brains are right now. We're really trying to make some really cool content out of this, and you guys are wanting to help us, and we're trying to, to fine tune. And honestly, this change to the Quattroporte is entirely due to talking with you guys. So yeah, right. And and right. finding that thing, you can help tell already. Finding that thing that stirs the vitriol in Paul. Oh, <laughs> grr.
0: Which I'm <laughs> so excited Smiley about. about. Ah. we'll see, we'll see. But Look. I just thought they're not available, and and the lowest yeah. one I could find at the time when we started this embarked upon this project was yes, like 15, 14 yeah. grand. I thought nah. we've we've found a few now that are right around eight, which they're makes in it affordable, and they've got sixty thousand miles, which Bring is it. like right at the tipping point of. Bring it. Is the timing belt going to stretch? Yeah. Is the car due for brake does, service? Does the engine run? Did the windows were down.
1: Horrifying. Yeah, so, so yeah, I mean, that's the thing. If, if we end up in a world where all the quatre portes in the nation are 15 grand, we're going to have to figure out something it's else. But, gonna be rough, but, yeah. but we have found a few, so this has We've made us excited yes. about this madness. So there's our madness. That's how we're opening the podcast. Thank you for being here, and, and uh, happy Tuesday to you. Uh, we're really glad to have you with us. We have a lot of car conclusions to talk through today, and then we have a really cool car debate and many, many really great questions, actually.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, you heard Todd mention mentioned the discord forum yes and that is the um, on patreon if you go to patreon.com and you're able to support the show at various levels you get to join the discord forum all so patrons are that on is there. all levels group. and then moving up from there even at the very top end you get to join a monthly board meeting board member meeting is what we call it and you're on a zoom video link call with us and just kind of shooting the breeze and we're telling you about upcoming projects and you know what cars we're shooting next and kind of you know future trips that are in the works yep. and kind of insider stuff. Well, that's you know where I mean. this whole discussion about the XJR not working came from. Right. Talking that's where it came from for sure. Yeah. And then people have actually splintered off and they've gotten, you know, other subgroups and yes. you know, all these, you know, discussion forums all on Discord. You can mm-hmm. all be a part of that. You can join from all over the world. You can introduce yourself and mm-hmm. say, hey, "I'm mm-hmm. from this country and Instant car friends is what it is for sure. It's so cool. for sure. We're not just your. So cool. We're
1: not your only car friends anymore. You have a bunch of other weirdos that all love cars. All <laughs> exactly. be coming from Discord. I mean, every, almost. Some of them are almost as strange as you and I. Yeah. No so kidding. that's how it works. But there is actually a. Uh, I've already heard there's like a Tale of Dragon meetup sometime. I think either amazing. later this year or in the spring it has nothing to do with you and me. It's oh, just amazing. people in the southeast going to meet a Tail of the Dragon and drive it, which is awesome. Our Atlanta meetup is in a week. Yeah, Which we could not, drive a little over, Hoopties you know, to meetups in the future. No, if, we, if we make yeah, this well, happen. We'll see. I'll turn we'll it see. into
0: a boom car or replace the instrument Stop. panel with just speakers. Stop. And it'll it'll be my hoopty The, and I'll the, drive the it to, point is
1: to not spend all of the show's money on the <laughs> porte That is actually the intention. It's to drive it <laughs> in spite of itself, just, just to keep it running. Oh man, I'm horrified. Yikes. Anyway, but but that's the fun of it.
0: All right, so we're jumping into car conclusions. We haven't done this in about a month, yeah, and you yeah, guys yeah. have been very diligent writing to us. I really thank you for that. Thank you for your great questions as well. We've got to dive in because many of you are not getting uh, e- either featured or you know yeah. the d- the debates discussed. But that's okay. And what I love is that whether you've written in, whether it gets featured, we've got a kind of a combination of both yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in these um, in this next half hour. But If you know whether or not you've had your debate featured, hopefully the podcast has set you on a different course, and your mindset is different, and you're now giving yourselves driving homework, and it's awesome. That's clear from these emails. This this is this is driving homework, you know, years in the making, and then it culminates in the (laughs) in the thing, and that's what we love hearing. So I will again say. Whether or not it gets featured, please write to us your debate mm-hmm. and say, hey, episode whatever number, you referenced this, and it got me thinking about that. And I went and test drove that, and then I yeah. didn't buy it, and I ended up with a you know, name totally. of a crazy cool car. Totally. Opel GT. I, I don't know. Something hey, different and weird. We,
1: ha- we had an Opel GT on the uh, – sorry. Yes, we had the Opel on the um, – or was the VX220. Oh, the Vauxhall?
0: Uh, on was, the pilgrimage. It was the uh, – well, I can't remember. It was the VX220 it because was the, Opel the, Voxel, was, right?
1: the Opel was uh, uh, Britain only right? Or well, the I, other way around? Opal Speedster. Sorry. that's speedster. What, sorry. It was a Speedster. Owen, I'm apologizing to you right now because you are, you are yelling <laughs> at your device pounding. because you brought your Opal Speedster, which is the Lotus kind of. It's the Lotus a la GM. You brought it on pilgrimage. You drove it from Zurich, which is, by the way, a great sentence. Yeah. Drove your Opal Speedster up from Zurich and joined us on the pilgrimage. Even tracked that cool. Yes, he did. It was awesome. So uh, thanks for bringing that up. It was one. Of, it was cool. I hadn't seen one in forever. So, cool. so it was really cool to see it. But anyway, yeah, that's not what this is about. We're talking about Craig who wrote in recently, and he's telling us that he, he wanted to send us a car conclusion even though we never did a car debate for him. Mm-hmm. But this is like a lifelong car conclusion. That's what I love about it. He tell, he goes back to when he was 14 and the poster's on his bedroom wall, okay? Which, by the way, one was Alyssa Milano because that was the era. But, but, he, also, but he also had posters of uh, the Vector W8 because that looked cool, didn't it? Oh, man. It, 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 it wasn't actually. It wasn't actually cool,
0: but it, was, it looked cool. It was. It was coolish. It, it, was no, cool it was. Ad- it was perfect poster cool. The recipe for what was Vector and everything mm-hmm. was cool. It just didn't end very cool because it ended with Jerry Wiegert locking himself in the factory against all the investors, and well, but- it ended in a you know weird, nasty but way. But there's
1: like 10 of the cars in the world. I remember seeing two of them with the well, car yes. and co- cars and coffee. And and the my favorite thing about it is the interior actually looks like somebody created a really nice puffy actual two-person bench. <laughs> it's just this this arched bench,
0: yeah, with
1: no center. Co- it's just the. It's, I love what he was thinking. So crazy. Is, you know, air, air,
0: aircraft, aircraft, great aluminum and rivets, and you know that yeah. kind of aircraft yeah. build mentality. I don't think it was ever quite achieved that, but they did look cool. So we're they, back to just yes, coolness,
1: yes. Which it looks great on the poster. So that was one of the posters. The other one was the uh, Lotus Esprit Turbo SE, which also looked incredibly cool and also yeah. sometimes ran. So uh, those were. But but here's the thing. Our friend Craig here is uh, six foot six. So these cars are not going to work, including the fact that when he first heard about the Lotus Elise, the car I drive, coming to the U.S., he put down a deposit. And then he test drove it when it showed up. <laughs> and he quickly realized, this car is too small. I can hear you there. And I am too big. <laughs> and so he pulled back that deposit right away. He said he was driving beside a semi and realized that the top of the semi's tire was equal with the top of the roof, which I've had that this, experience. This is true. I have had that experience. In fact, yeah. that reminds me of a p- picture I need to post of sitting behind a dually at a stoplight recently. And I just thought, this is the world of the Lotus Elise right here. I'm looking at your differential.
0: I mean, you could drive underneath the tractor trailer in between a la Fast and Furious. You could. You could, do, you, yes. you could pull that off. Yeah. Me, Me and logging trucks could have all kinds of fun. Ooh, I could do that. Wow. Yeah. My favorite sentence, Craig, was when you said, "Well, life went by. Got married, went to college and postgraduate school and bought a small house and had three kids and before I knew it. I was driving a Nissan Pathfinder." <laughs> this is the with spiral, a isn't it? T- <laughs> with a salvage <laughs> title, and my wife was driving a minivan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I love that this was, you know, culminating in just, you know, from the buildup of the posters and the dreaming and the car magazine throughout life and, you know, having a family. And finally, the impetus was getting the house paid off. Yeah, that's cool. That was the permission. That was the agreement with your wife that said, all right, once that happens, boom. Car shop car yeah and and she here's the thing I love.
1: she was like, well, it's only been twenty five years of marriage, and you've talked about wanting a fun car and haven't had one. why don't you please do that stop I talking like about that as well she's one. like, yes, I agree with all of this, please go shop
0: well, about six months ago, he made their last mortgage payment, then he went and drove the c seven Corvette and didn't fit. He drove the C six grand sport and fit okay, but not great. He drove a Camaro LT with a V six and the manual, and he loved the manual, but he said that didn't excite me very much, yeah. Then he drove the Challenger, said plenty of room, but felt like a big car. And then he drove the EcoBoost Mustang, even sat in a bullet. He said, oh, that's great and all. And then the C8 reveal happened, and he got on the waiting list for the first allocation. But then the pricing was announced. He says the car that he wanted was way too much, so he again pulled his deposit. Yes. Then he started really shopping manual transmission cars in the $40,000 to $45,000 price range. He said, I wanted it to be blue, and it had to have less than 10,000 miles. But but
1: you can see here he does have like three quarters of one Corvette monetary unit to spend. This is grand. So it's, you can it's see it's a how decent budget. You take the C eight and you start putting the options on the C eight and you realize it's not a sixty thousand dollar car anymore. It's probably seventy five by the time he spec that. He just went. I can't do that. Yeah. So he begins shopping around and he found a twenty eighteen hyper blue metallic two SS Camaro one LE. Mm-hmm which sounds perfect. Only ten, th- 10 months old with only 1000 miles. The guy that bought it had priced it up to 54k when he bought it new because he wow. he like he went through the catalog and said I want this and I want this and I want this and unfortunately, he had it for less than a year and realized that the manual transmission working the clutch was actually making his knee and back worse. Hmm. So he had to sell it. And so our friend Craig Gets this amazing car for $41,000 and he
0: is uh, ecstatic is almost understating it from $54,000 down to 41 in a year. And it's a thousand miles on the odometer. Yeah, Craig. Well bought. Mm -hmm. He says, I finally own an amazing performance car. Feels like he got it for an amazing price. Yes, you did. And I love that you say out loud that you love your car. I I bet you you park it and you look back, don't you? A lot.
1: He, he was driving. He said he, he he's never had this experience in life. He was driving it by himself and actually said out loud, I love this car, that he realized, I just did that. I just <laughs> did that just now. I said that out loud. See, Which I okay. do probably daily when I drive the Lotus. I if I don't drive don't. the Lotus for a few days, and I, I, I did it driving over here tonight. I know, I know. I was driving that car. I was just like, <laughs> I love this car. And my son, my son this morning said, Dad what are we getting rid of the Lotus? And he said it like that. Did he really? He said it like that because oh he kind of knows somebody will come and say, like, I don't know, buddy, probably at least a year. He's like, good. What are we going to get? Oh And he's, my he's like bummed about it. Right? I'm like, buddy, the car's, the car's still here. We all love it. It's great. Okay, oh calm down, which gosh. I think is fantastic, by the way.
0: Well, Craig says after 30 plus years of homework, studying, and saving, he finally did it. I love it. I love it. And he says his plan was to baby it and use it as a weekend car, but it's so much fun to drive, he thinks it might be an everyday driver. Please, please Honestly, drive it as much as you possibly can.
1: Absolutely. I, if we if we didn't get serious winter and I had a limited slip diff on that car, I would – I mean, honestly, uh, Vlad, who listens to the podcast, yeah, right. by the way – hey, man, how are you? He has a really cool red at lease that he bought. And yeah, he, one of the okay. things he did was he put the limited slip diff in it, which you can do after the fact. Sure. And he did it because he intends to drive it year-round because he's in Salt Lake, not Park City, which is 2,000 feet lower. They get snow but not nearly like we do in Park City. He's going to drive it year-round. And, Vlad, again, I am hat-tipping to you because I think that's awesome. I don't want to buy the LSD, and I don't really want to drive it in the Park City snow. Though I keep thinking about the video we could do of the crazy surface of the sun yellow, at least in a snowy backdrop. I just It'd be have hilarious. to be careful about sliding that can car Can you put a,
0: just a little mini blade from a Cub Cadet on the front of your <laughs> Lotus? And you buzz around the neighborhood and I'm like, oh, Todd's here, he's here to play. If, Honey, if, look, if he's here to show, plow the driveway. If
1: the show had crazy money, I would buy the, the junk set of wheels <laughs> yes. and the full winter tires with studs yes. and I would drive that just for the laugh. I just want but the video of happening. you plowing a driveway. I with know the you do. I know you do. Come on, do. Yeah. you could just spin I around. Plow my and... own driveway, yeah. All right. Uh, Handbrake <laughs> turn and I'm going back down. There we go, <laughs> exactly. yeah.
0: Okay, so you guys remember episode 436, Steve S. from Manhattan. Remember the third garage across the, garage the river? garage across the river, yeah, yeah, yeah. Steve wrote back. I love this. Steve, thank you for writing back. Thank you for listening. And he said that, yes, we did answer his question, and we considered, well, we suggested a Fiesta ST or something like that to replace the Toreg. I think you said that. I did, Didn't
1: because he was wanting to fill that third garage space, and I kept saying, what's the purpose of the Toreg? Shouldn't you get a hot hatch to solve your commute <laughs> Manhattan needs? And here's the thing, as this unfolds from Steve, I find out that he held back. He held back vital bits of information. He's still holding. He's back still holding just to back. see how good we can do. And the truth is, that little recommendation of sell the Touareg, get a little hot hatch. He was already thinking. And the day that the uh, the day after our podcast, actually, sorry, he just bought right around the time that podcast came out. He bought a Mark Seven GTI to do exactly that: replace
0: the Touareg uh-huh. and be the new commute car. Except. He's still holding back. He said, I've always liked the idea of a small, you know, hot hatch, still practical to replace the Touareg, Twerg. Towrag. That was one of my favorite commercials
1: ever. All the people mispronouncing that car. The towrag. Yeah,
0: awesome. And he says, I no longer use it to tow the car trailer on the weekends. But he does have plans to make an interesting sleeper pocket rocket. He says so. It'll be quite far from stock under the hood. Very funny. However, he's still searching for the real third car to fill the garage space. So this the is earth. a substitutionary car. <laughs> Who gets a substitutionary hot hatch? Because you can. Steve I, does. But no. But here's the thing. Honestly, everybody listening, if you could, you would. Yeah, if you, if you, for just, sure. For just sure. a temporary
1: hot hatch. Yeah. He's
0: still not revealing where he's leaning. So, Steve, you owe us another email. Yes, you don't when owe he gets us anything. Next we would love car. to hear whenever yeah. you get around to getting the, the new, the real third car. And then I'm sure <laughs> the GTI will live in Manhattan at that point. Probably, yeah. And, uh, yeah, picture, love it, bring it. Steve, thanks for writing. It's fantastic. We've got more as well. We've got one from Daniel writing
1: in. He actually was wanting to go to Radwood. Remember this? He actually had a question, a Radwood. It wasn't yeah, a full right. debate. It was just right. a, kind of a throwaway Radwood question. Do I get a Toyota Previa van or a low mileage Mitsubishi Galant? It wasn't the VR4 because those are actually worth some money. I think we both said Previa because Previa mid-engine van, I, I like I said, I, could, I can see the people in Radwood walking by and going, Previa! Oh, Previa! Oh, I gosh. could see that. He didn't get either one of those. But he found himself, obviously also Radwood official, nineteen ninety 92 Saab 900 turbo convertible for $1,800 and then found Detroit area guys that are Saab guys that gave it a new convertible top and he took it to Radwood with
0: pride. Unbelievable. I love that you took it to this. He said there were first gen Acura NSXs for I-348s, even a 92 Lincoln Mark 7 LSC, even a Yugo. Mm -hmm. Love it. Well, he says, you know, with the money that he saved from going with the cheaper Saab and also selling an extra car because he currently has seven and none of his kids are anywhere near driving age. Stop, 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 Yikes. stop. I'm currently selling. Seven. Because I
1: currently have seven, seven. cars. so I'm selling it. And I like the sense that he says, I have an extra car. And
0: I have seven cars. One of them is currently extra. <laughs> he's got about four grand to spend on a decent sports car. So he's looking at 80s Corvettes, the Super Mark II, Porsche 944s. But he wants one like you had, 90s, the 90s ZX. 300ZX, or the Z32, but yeah. with, uh, with the 5-speed of course. Wow, I love it. This is very cool. Well, Daniel, you heard on the podcast a couple podcasts ago that my sister and my mm-hmm. brother-in-law mm-hmm. bought the 88 one of those. Top Turbo. I just found out they said it's got 202,000 miles on it. Okay. They found out the prior owner had owned it for 7 years and it's only been driven about 800 miles in those 7 years. What? I I so the,
1: apparently it the, runs. The prior owner from seven. By the way, hang on. That's 2012. Yeah. They bought a 200,000 yes. mile Saab 900 in 2012. Yes. and proceeded to put less than a thousand miles on it in the preceding seven years. Yes, you were kidding.
0: The convertible top button doesn't work. And even though it does have a new canvas, it's got the new top on it. Crazy. And uh, a few other things like the radio and a couple power window switches. But otherwise, it drives fine. <laughs> it's got apparently, a of transmission does what it has so to do. So apparently, Saab 900 Turbo Convertibles are the go-to car right now. That, that's that's hysterical. No, they're not. Yeah. All right, moving on. Episode 311. Terrence C. Writes to us. He's a foster parent, active duty in the U.S. Air Force. Thanks for writing to us, Terrence, and keeping us updated. He has kept us updated since March 2019 Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. with a bunch of emails when, on that episode, he was on his way home in a Nissan Juke on a 1,000-mile road trip, listening to the podcast, and he says, (laughs) you know, we had recommended a Solstice GXP and a Civic Type R, but he had made his decision, and he was stopping in Kentucky to pick up a new 2019 Veloster Turbo. Like it. Okay. So he said he couldn't find the R-Spec, but he got the Ultimate with the manual and he loved it. And they gave him nine grand for his juke, and he finished his road trip in a brand new 2019 Veloster on very the 4th cool. of July. Very cool. Like it. However, he said uh, after about 8,000 miles, a couple more road trips, he realized the steering and rev hang was tarnishing his love of the car. Yeah, yeah. He says it included many daily triples, impromptu highway races, a really fantastic trip with some random C6 Corvette, C6 Corvette and a red Challenger. That's very funny. Very he funny. says lots of cool memories, but then um, he just happened to be checking car sales when he stumbled on a Veloster N, which had just come off a truck a few days before.
1: The update. I love it, and that's a great car. We love that car.
0: So in September of this year, he says, uh, I love my Veloster N, but I want something more, something that well, but isn't I... the Veloster N, yeah. but keeping the Veloster N.
1: The Veloster, the original Veloster Turbo became the Veloster N, and he's super happy. But yes. it's not enough yes. because that's front wheel drive madness. He wants something else. And he wound up, after looking around for a while, he wound up, he actually ended up seeing our YouTube video on it as well. The BMW Z4M Coupe. It's a very cool. unique car.
0: Super cool. Well, you had recommended a Fiesta ST, an mm-hmm. RX8, and a Solstice GXP. I had recommended to him a Mini Cooper S, the Lexus RC350 Coupe, and the Civic Type R. Mm-hmm. And he did the driving homework. He drove the Fiesta, the Solstice, bravo, the bravo. Mini the Type R. He said, I love them all. But, you know, he loved his Veloster." N. And then once he got the Z4, he's living with both of them now. And they're both very different driving experiences. <laughs> I love this. It's great. What I love is that you're finding the opposites mm-hmm, in the, mm-hmm. you know, the rear-wheel drive and that hydraulic steering and the mm-hmm. naturally aspirated engine. Yeah. I love that you're finding a completely different set of driving skills totally. and joy totally, out of that yes. car. I mean – Terrence, you've got the garage that most of us aspire to, to be yeah, honest. He's you've the, got yeah. two different driving experiences. Both of
1: which are great. Yeah. What do you feel like today? Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. You walk outside, yeah. and you what do I feel like? That's really cool. I love that. I really do. Plus, I, those Z4Ms
0: are so so fun. They are cool. And they're great looking. They, just, they turn my head anytime time we see one. They're so cool looking. Thanks for keeping us updated. We're jumping to episode 437 from Sean M. Do you remember the Kia Rio that was flogged? Yes, from uh, nor- northern
1: Los Angeles, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it was it was over commuted. let's put it that way <laughs> that's a it good was word. time, it was time to be done. This car has been over commuted. it has no power left. we must <laughs> must get something else. and also, I remember that Sean is a big guy as well, so he was like, yes, "I need yes. something with some grunt that I can actually commute in, and you and I actually we we really liked the Mazda Six turbo. I know I brought it up mm-hmm. we ended kind of talking about how much we mm-hmm. liked that for for him, so Sean, unfortunately, before he heard that podcast. Uh, the, uh, the Kia had a
0: bit of a, a run-in. Let's put it that way. This got ripped into. He said somebody decided to change lanes right into him, damaging the left fender, destroying the front and rear door, and ripping a hole in the quarter panel. Wow. So the 2012 Kia Rio died. Not the way we all hoped, but it did die. So now he, ha- he had to get a car. <laughs> like, this wasn't as good as a Viking funeral, a bombing session by F-18s, but you know nonetheless, the car's gone. So he drove a Corolla hatchback. He said comfortable, but... You know, where's the 2.0 engine he heard about? (laughs) Yeah, okay, all right. He said he drove a Mazda three, a 2014 Dart. Wow, you drove a Dart, Mm -hmm. and and said no. no, yeah, really didn't like that as as you do. And then a 2019 Mini. He said a surprised with the amount of space, but can't make it up the hill. It's well, this hill that's it in
1: his life. It, it wasn't a, a Turbo S thing. It, it no. wasn't. It was a Mini, and it wasn't enough. Yeah.
0: No. So with six thousand dollars down, he purchased a 2019 Civic Sport Sedan for two dollars less than twenty grand, <laughs> and. He said, you know, then he ran over to Mazda and checked out the Mazda 6 Turbo. Well, that
1: was the thing. He bought the, he bought the Mazda, pardon me, he bought the Civic mm-hmm. and really liked it because he hadn't heard the podcast yet. Uh huh. And then he, the podcast drops, he goes, let me, go, let me go try, see if the Mazda 6 Despite is any Despite
0: having just bought the Civic. Let's see
1: if, if these guys were right. And wouldn't you know it? It happens every now and then. We were right. <laughs> he really he he loved the Mazda six turbo. He was like, This is the car I should have bought. Now obviously this chain of events led to him he needed a car, he bought the Civic, and he likes the Civic. But uh Sean has a has a great plan now. Mm-hmm. He thinks that his fiancé may soon have to inherit a slightly used Honda Civic Sport. And he's going to go get himself a Mazda 6 Turbo. I love it. I love it. Brilliant. And the Sport is great. It is. No, he said he loved driving it. He he thoroughly enjoys it. But he's he's realizing
0: Mazda 6 was the right call. Well bought. Sean, well bought. Thanks for writing to us and keeping us updated there. And then before we go to break here, Scott H is writing to us. (laughs) That um, we are apparently a bad influence. We are a bad influence. We
1: are regularly a bad influence, especially for your finances. (laughs) He
0: said, your show just cost me a bunch of money. You just saw the 50 (laughs) years of the Porsche 911 film. And he's always been a 911 fan, but he wasn't even thinking about getting a new car. (laughs) And one week later, he owns now a 2011 Porsche 911 Carrera S Cabriolet. Ooh, Well bought. That's a 997. That's got to be gorgeous. Wow. Bravo. By, by the way, Scott, We're slinging hash. We're, we're, we're selling cars we're over here. We're
1: encouraging you in, in this disease, and I hope your significant other is somewhat okay with it. I love that that film continues to play as well as it does. And I like that – I mean, look, this is the thing that we love about doing those big generational films is we, we think about it. when in, We're in the middle of doing it. We mm-hmm. think about yeah. how unlikely is it that anybody can line these cars up and actually get the chance to talk about them back to back. By the way, manufacturers don't even really like this. Because they're always terrified that a prior generation is going to be better than the one they just released last week. So they're not typically big fans of this idea. It's
0: always a delicate dance to convince So we
1: go out and we find all these private owner cars. and, And the stuff we learn is insane. And the stuff we learn that you wouldn't actually know unless you get a chance to drive these two back to back. I love that we can share that. I love that we can do it. We can share it. And, and I, I love actually here in this case with Scott, we can make Scott's
0: life simultaneously better and worse. <laughs> Telling you those comparison films are like a waffle house menu. It's like, <laughs> what, what do you want with, with <laughs> mushrooms, with cheese? What, what do you want? How, you how do you want it? I like it? that. It's, it's the same car. And then what flavor do you want?
1: You may not be buying a car right now, but you're probably still looking. We're all looking. We're all looking, We're all, looking all the time. And it seems there's
0: always a new place to search. That's why we love Autotempest.com. With Autotempest, you only enter your search one time and you see the results from Cars.com, eBay, all of Craigslist, and many more. Or you can jump over to Autotrader and Car Gurus without entering anything new. So if you're looking for fun or you need a car right now, don't go all over. Start at Autotempest.com.
1: All the cars, one search.
0: Summer is finally here, and with that comes sunshine and blistering hot car interiors. You know, the leather seats that you thought were a great idea until you scald your legs.
1: Luckily, all you need is a custom sunscreen from our friends at Covercraft. They're awesome. They're amazing. These foldable sunscreens fit perfectly in the windshield of your car and keep your car cooler when you're off enjoying the sunshine.
0: These custom sunscreens come in a variety of colors, and they're an affordable and simple way to keep your car cooler in the summer and protected from damaging UV rays all year long.
1: We swear by our custom sunscreens. I I love it. It's one of our very favorite car accessories. Remember, you can get 10% off your car sunscreen by using the code every day right now at Covercraft.com.
0: Or you can follow the link from our sponsors page. Damien D writes to us, looking for a mile eater. He says, yeah, "I saw this. He's been overthinking a lot of things, but none more than what car he should get next." <laughs> Damian, <laughs> that you're doesn't home. stop. Absolutely, you are home. The Welcome. Amount,
1: the amount of time you and I spend overthinking the cars we own while loving the cars
0: we <laughs> exactly. own is staggering. I mean, You—that's speaking for really the entire audience. Yes, exactly. Listening. He says, it's a thought that's always lingering, waiting to take up any spare mental capacity. <laughs> well, I thought work took up the spare mental capacity. It's, because you're it's more thinking. about, <laughs> here's what I'm thinking about next. Oh, yeah, thinking work. Oh, yeah, I'd do right, a, like a work. Right, that's like a 10%. I'd say Thank- on any given day, I get about you know, 15 minutes worth of work actually done. Thank
1: God our work is cars. We got a lot more productive when it became all we did. I got to tell you.
0: Yeah. He says his current ride is adequate for his it's, needs. We, we hate it when people's cars are fine. Can't you see Matthew McConaughey saying adequate <laughs> for your needs? A 2009 Lincoln MKS. Lincoln. He says adequate. He, it's even better. He says Lincoln is far from exciting. Lincoln, far from exciting. He, he has a Lincoln. That,
1: that is the, the sad reality of this. He has a Lincoln MKS and just says fine. This yeah, it's is fine. far, far from exciting. Gets him, yes, far, far gets him home, excited, gets him to the office. It's a 125-mile commute one way. Like a tiny tennis ball. <laughs> Stop it. Super Lincoln. That, was, that was better when it was Jim Carrey doing <laughs> Matthew McConaughey, and that was hysterical. <laughs> Trying to change anyway, the best here. Anyway, no. 125-mile commute one way, by the way. This is why it's a mile eater. He, he says, look, the Lincoln is far from exciting, but obviously that's not its purpose. Its purpose is to reliably eat through miles. But he would like
0: something a little more exciting than that to do this job. Well he says, shouldn't I just go find the best Lexus LS four sixty or four thirty for his money? Certainly could. Which is fifteen ish thousand yeah, dollars. Yeah. And just be happy for the next decade. Did you did you note this? There's, this there's is a long term car. There's nothing wrong with that idea,
1: by the way. You want to buy I yourself agree. a used Lexus L S and it'll just run and drive and find it. Yes,
0: I agree with all of that. I mean, he, could, he could do, you know, there was the one million mile Lexus from Matt. Yes. What about the two million mile Lexus? I mean, like <laughs> two is more than one. One hundred and twenty five like. mile commute,
1: one way granted, that was still a money pit, by the way. Don't yeah, no don't, don't dodge that reality. But
0: yeah. Which is a good point. That Lexus was still a money pit. Even at that mileage, mm-hmm. he still spent what, thirty eight or forty thousand dollars on things? I mean, it, it
1: was a lot of money to keep it running to get to the million yeah. million mile thing, yeah.
0: All right. So he loves spirited driving, he says, and he's got that covered with a C four Corvette. He's building up he says a la Finnegan and Freiburger and Roadkill. <laughs> but what is he missing? He says, in the past, he's owned a Pontiac G8 GT. Regrets getting rid of that which one. Which he loved, yeah. A Subaru Legacy GT wagon, which he says was a great car. Well, you know, all I think is race car because of lemons. That's all we think. I it's see a true, GT yeah. wagon, I'm like, race car. <laughs> Heavy. <laughs> Terrible, but runs. (laughs) Super reliable. We'll
1: still be running when all the race cars are broken. I think that thing is just going to be lapping 10 years from now. Totally.
0: Fate laughter as it goes by. Three-quarter Chevy truck, he says. Three-quarter ton Chevy truck. And that's for work. And he says he's owned a 350Z, on and on. So at this point, he says the Lexus seems like the reasonable and responsible choice. But he's writing to us for the irresponsible choice, clearly. He is, yes. He says, my dream option would be the AMG E55 wagon, to which I resoundingly (laughs) say yes. That'd be great. Bring
1: that. Gas mileage gets actually
0: worse, but okay. But what's cool is, I I do want to make a clarification here. When he does go into the office, it's a 125-mile commute. But he works from home most days. That's a fair point. So it's point. not that's a fair all point. the time. It's a fair point. But it's this is going to be the car different.
1: that's going to get most of his use. And so he'd like it to be more fun than the, the Lincoln, which he admits is a low bar. <laughs> but I was trying to think about, okay. I, Lincoln, I, we're your low bar. But, I, but I, thought about, I thought about the fact that you like that Pontiac G8 so much, which is rear-wheel drive, yeah, traditional yeah. sedan dynamic. And that was really my guiding principle here. Now, I like I, – honestly, the Lexus is a perfectly acceptable choice. There's nothing wrong it's with great. that idea. It's great. You could go elsewhere in the Lexus line. If you could get a current IS for this kind of money, and those are actually more dynamic than the LS, you would certainly do fine there. This led me to the Infiniti uh, G37 sedan.
0: Okay, okay.
1: You could spend a little more money on maintenance and get yourself a 335, probably the E90 generation 335 BMW, and then just enjoy that. Mm-hmm, Buy mm-hmm. the hottest one you can get for your money. I like all of those. But I have, ultimately, when a car I landed on, and I thought, it wasn't the first one I came to, but it's my sniper shot because it's the one I think is the answer. Really? What is it? Cadillac ATS. Oh, really? Great chassis. Genuinely fun to drive chassis. But at this budget, you're looking at the 2-liter turbo, which is not my favorite engine for that car. But it'll get 30 miles to the gallon when you do have long running days.
0: What years are we talking, 13, 24, 13 to 15. Okay, right, right,
1: right. Right in your budget. Miles vary wildly, but you could get a loaded out one in your budget. Rear-wheel drive, fantastic chassis.
0: Mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. you have
1: any corners at all, you're going to love driving that car. Chase one if you can, even though it's got the four-cylinder. Chase one with magnetic ride if you can get it. Oh, yeah, for sure, but for sure. Th- even without it, great chassis. Chassis that is similar to the things we like about the Chevy SS, which is if you follow me, the better version of the G80 owned, you see how I got there. That's true. Interesting. So I, but with the magnetic ride,
0: it'll change everything. Absolutely. But even
1: without it, that is a fantastic chassis. That is an underappreciated car dynamically. It's not very big. It's chuckable. It gets good gas mileage. This is where you're going to like that turbo Mm. uh, two, two
0: liter. So I, I, as soon as I landed on that, I was like, I'm done at Cadillac ATS. I'm Mm. done. I like it. That is a good choice. Damien, you are in the danger zone of BMW 850i's with the V12 and the Mercedes (laughs) S500 coupes. Yeah, Danger, Will Robinson. I want you to shop seats. That's my headspace for Mm. you because, you know, the large commute. Yeah, I see it. I see it. I started toying with the 2015 Hyundai Genesis. You remember the the Genesis sedan that was designed to compete against the big whatever. Yeah, yeah, Mm yeah. I even thought of the Hyundai Equus, but they're still too expensive. You know, know the okay. horse-themed car, yeah. if you read Horse Fancy magazine and Horse and Rider and you're into Eventually, horses. Eventually, that's all we're going to be doing is something chase like, and like polo the equivalent of Horse Fancy. Equus. But they're still too expensive. <laughs> Everyday driver. Car Fancy. <laughs> anyway, exactly. yeah. You said E55, and something clicked in my brain, and I went backwards because of coolness and the cars that I – if this were me, this is what I would be considering. Okay. I did find you an Audi A8 from 2014. It had 122,000 miles mm-hmm. on it, but that's fairly recent. So if it's just highway miles, it's like my sister says. She's a registered nurse, and she works for an insurance company. She says, once people hit 90 years old, they just keep going. <laughs> I have no idea how that relates to cars. I, that's funny, it though. It doesn't. Yeah. But she said it, not me. Well, then you have the, the
1: counterpoint, which is the Indiana Jones line. If it's not the years, it's the mileage. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Exactly.
0: So you know, a new-ish Audi A8 beautiful car 122,000 it's probably going to be fine
1: <laughs> probably <laughs> probably sure I, don't <laughs> don't call us but
0: probably fine I, I kept going backwards to the early 90s mercedes benz s class you know the w140 that was you know built like the shape of a bank vault they yes. you know all the automotive journalists sort of joke like oh it feels like a bank vault no it looks like a bank it vault looks actually like it, yeah. That one with the cool chrome reversing pins that rose vacuum assisted up out of the corners of the. You're kidding! Remember I'd, those? I'd forgot and those, that. those chrome pins, so you I could see the corner that. of your Mercedes bank vault. You're absolutely right. I love I totally those cars. That. Some cars ridiculous. had those reversing pins. Some other when you put it back into drive, they slowly sink back into the car. <laughs> A Very complex <laughs> and unnecessary way of saying All you should learn above. your car better. All
1: of the above to show the corners. Yeah
0: but what i landed on was ck motors online they're in murrieta okay. california okay they have a 2003 bmw 540i manual Ooh. with 108,000 miles that looks pristine Wow. for good 16 find. grand good fine i well they also just sold an 03 540i wagon in black but i thought of this because it was that great v8 engine mm-hmm. they stuffed into the 7 series that had a lot of power Yeah. you could get it with the manual yeah. and it wasn't the m5 so they're way cheaper mm-hmm, but it mm-hmm. gave you all the goodness of that E39 i love those cars i'm just thinking you know and it's got 108,000 let's say you put another 100,000 on it yeah that's, that's like 10,000 a year and if you're you know not driving this car all the time and it's just for the long distance commute and i'll bet you that car is it looks pristine all the maintenance has been done hmm. manual transmission with the v8 in the bmw it looks Practically brand new. It's not. But for sixteen grand, wow! I like 10 it. years, 10,000 miles a year, you'll have it for 10 years. No problem. Mm-hmm. I like that. That's I mean, amazing. Good find. You might have to put more money into it. Oh, there'll it, be more money. Oh, there'll be money. If you're going to put money oh, into yeah. something, it might as well be cool. At least it's something interesting. Yeah, I take that point. <laughs> Damien, thanks for writing to
1: us. That got a little out of hand. <laughs> Apologize. <laughs> we don't know what's actually happened to your
0: maintenance budget, but otherwise, Crazy. we love these ideas. <laughs> yeah. All right. Moving on to questions here. Uh, let's see. Jumping into... Ariopolis on Instagram asking us what are some of the things that make it great to be a car enthusiast, mm. and what are some things that make it difficult. Mm. On the difficult side, I would say as we progress and improve our driving skills, we want that out of other people. We are wanting, oh, okay, you know, right, when we're yeah. on track with yeah, yeah. other people and like-minded people, that is not the case when you just get in your car and drive <laughs> anywhere else. <laughs> You're not like-minded because of you know, like I said. Lipstick and cereal and toast and, you know, grooming in car while yes. you're driving while you're reading a novel and yeah. then the, yeah. the tray that attaches to the steering, the steering wheel. Yeah.
1: that I love that. That's, that's, there's one of my personal books, favorites there's
0: Kindles, there's, you name it. Yeah. That's not like minded people. It's not the, <laughs> I'm out for, you know, the I'm here to at drive. Best. Yeah. You're right. You're right. So as we, you know, gain more track experience and we, you know, improve our skills and are always looking to do so. I want that out of other people. And that's, just not happening. Hmm. Okay. Your phone doesn't help you steer your car, people. It's weird how that happens. It does yeah. not help you operate your car. Well, maybe in the future it might start it. But anyway, it doesn't help you steer. <laughs> well, maybe that will too in the future. I don't know. But for right now, it doesn't help you steer. <laughs> ah, so summon. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I will say it's things like that, you know, as you improve and you want that same kind of thing out of other drivers, it's just not there. Okay. But I will quote the owner of Griot's Garage, it's Richard Griot. And he has told us the best things that have happened in his life have happened in a car. Happened around cars. Yeah. Yeah. He, and he I said I that on the podcast, we were on
1: it, which was really cool. Yeah. Love that. Yeah, that was a fun podcast. it's
0: true. I mean, you, you imagine all the memories of road trips and high school and all the stuff that you've got. That's well, actually, yeah, it has to do with my car. That's what I love. And I think that's increasing for you and I, to be honest. I agree. The I agree. more cars that you and I drive and, you know, the films that we get to produce and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It, it And we're in this age of, you know, great internal combustion engine cars and then, you know, the cusp of the electric era. Totally. Yes. We're in this we're kind in of weird areas, zone. Sure. Yeah. But then all the great, you know, gas-powered cars are now kind of affordable over here. And you know what I mean? There's yeah. just this yeah, yeah. kind of this great era I think we're in to enjoy as a car enthusiast. That's cool. That's cool. So many
1: good questions on all platforms, by the way, today. Sometimes some of the platforms are light. But we had great ones everywhere. Uh, Adam, speaking of electric cars, Adam had a question on Twitter where he said, what about cold weather and EV cars? How mm. does it affect EV batteries? He's actually wondering if he should get his uh, his next EV, should be his next commuter car, but he, ha- he has free charging at work, oh. but he lives in New yeah. Jersey where it gets awfully cold. Yeah. So he's asking this question. You're going to have to do uh, actual specific research on uh, every, by the way, every electric car has a very dedicated forum. So you could actually ask these <laughs> yes. questions once yes. you narrow narrow it down to an e v car you want, but i 'll tell you what i what I am aware of talking to electric car owners and actually digging into this a little bit. It seems to be you can pretty well count on losing somewhere in the neighborhood of about ten percent of your range when it 's really cold. so mm-hmm. think about your yeah. overall range yeah. and lose ten percent, okay. I knew people with a leaf in uh uh actually in Salt Lake on a really cold winter that was pretty consistent for them. I have heard numbers as bad as twenty twenty five percent. Those are outliers, but I have heard those numbers as well. So if you if you just plan for, I'm going to lose 10% of the car's range because of cold weather, you're probably still going to be fine on whatever your range is. with whatever your If you're buying any current EV, you've got hundreds of miles of range, you lose 10%, it's not going to matter. And you can charge at work. I think it's an actually really good option for a cold weather car. I'd actually like to have one, but at the moment they're a little bit out of the range. But clearly my budget is fate and money. <laughs> and the electric cars that I want are not Phaeton money yet, They're, yeah. Phaeton on the shoulder, it's it's awful. Anyway, so there's that. Yeah, Phaeton. It's on a the, whole series no, of no, prints. No, no, it's it's the Phaeton fails. Phaeton and fails, and, and quattro it's Quattroporte on, on, on the shoulder. Right. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. See, four doors door 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 on the shoulder.
0: Beautiful prints on the silver are paper. Awesome.
1: The photographs are oh, awesome. Yeah. The car's just specifically not moving for a reason. We'll, we'll, we'll Photoshop out the leak that's happening <laughs> exactly. anyway. So hopefully that helps you, Adam.
0: Bit of a controversial question from B. R. Geezer. What are our thoughts on a sports car lawfully parking in a handicapped space? So they have the handicapped ticket. Yes. Yeah. He's heard many people comment negatively, and he's seen a couple of minor confrontations over this particular issue. And it sort of goes something along the lines of this. If you can get in and out of a sports car, you obviously aren't handicapped, which is not always the case. True. Many people simply, he says, have problems walking any distance and need to park closer to an entrance. And he says, I'm sure there's other examples as well, but he's just putting this out there to us. I'd actually like to ask my sister a little bit more about this as Mm. a registered nurse and having, you know, my dad's in assisted living and, you know, just kind of get their take on this. But you're right. You don't know what's going on. Completely. People have that handicap hang tag or Mm -hmm. sticker for a myriad and variety of reasons Mm -hmm. that it's impossible to guess true that debilitate for whatever reason Mm -hmm. and necessitate that. And you know, my dad's a perfect example. He does Mm -hmm. have one and it's important for him. He's, Mm -hmm. he's wheelchair bound. And so it's obviously necessary for him, but other people, yeah, you never know. It could be eyesight related. It could be all, all kinds of things. True.
1: I mean, look, I'll, I'll go there. If I saw somebody climb out of a Lotus Elise in the <laughs> handicapped parking spot, I'm pretty sure you're not handicapped. Did you and find I, and that will, hang tag Exactly. Or? And I will go the other route. Look, I've seen this done, all right? I've seen this done where you have a handicapped tag, but the person currently driving in the handicapped spot isn't the handicapped person in the family. Yes. But they're just glad to give up, get up close parking. And they may be in the full handicapped van.
0: Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm.
1: where is the line here? I think we just have to accept the fact that if you have the tag, you are allowed to park there. We do not know the story. Because I would argue the guy that has got a really badly twisted ankle, but has an automatic, his left ankle is badly twisted. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. He has an automatic sports car. So temporarily he has a tag and he's parking his sports car in the handicapped spot. That person is more valid than the person whose relative is handicapped and they have the handicapped van that currently has no one but them in it and they are perfectly able and they park in the spot. Sure, sure. But you you can't define this. You can't
0: walk that line and argue that. Absolutely. And ultimately you're going to have to just – You know, hold off and don't assume because that's when you'll get into real trouble because you'll assume, oh, sports car and you're fine and you're just milking the system and all that stuff. And it's something that you didn't expect and you're going to eat your words and you just wait until the story comes out. If it does, I mean, sure, you see that and you think all kinds of thoughts, right? Yeah, I get that. But just ultimately just hold off because you don't know the reason. And there, there's a myriad of very valid reasons. Sometimes when I've driven my dad, I'll drive him in the van, sure, sure. and it just makes it easier. But we couldn't park far away because that power ramp can't yeah, yeah, park yeah, next yeah. to anything else. Totally, yeah. It needs that space to be able to get him in and out of the car yeah, physically. Yeah, yeah. So there's all kinds of reasons that you don't know about. So just totally. easy, just
1: go easy. Here's my public service announcement. Uh, a year or so ago, actually, here in Park City, there were guys that came to blows over – Parking at a ski resort. Oh my god! You have know, the two guys coming from opposite angles, oh, going for yeah. the same space, and they get and they literally were there were, they were fist fights. Yikes. Okay, my Yikes. point here is parking lots are one of those perfect places where we just all get angry, mm-hmm. and there's no point. There's no upside. You get angry in a parking lot, and it accomplishes. I'll tell you how much zero. Yeah, yeah. So parking lots got to be one of those places, and I'm saying this to myself and all of you, where we've just got to be like, I'll get parked eventually. And that will be okay. (laughs) Because there's, I mean, any time I've seen anything escalate in a parking lot, literally no one wins. And it makes everything worse.
0: Yeah, for sure. What else you got on here? Uh, Mogwai
1: asked a question uh, on uh, Twitter. He said, if every single car in the world had the same transmission, what transmission would that be? And my response is, they already do. They all have the ZF 8-speed, and it's (laughs) excellent. (laughs) If you're, the if, end. if you're just going to a parts bin automatic or a parts bin transmission in the modern time, you pulled a ZF eight speed out That's of the funny. bucket and you've created your own transmission shifting uh, algorithm for it and you shoved it in your car and seen. That's really funny. It's in all. Uh, honestly, I would love to see a chart because I bet you, I bet you it's at least 25% of the market at large. It may be as much as 40.
0: That's interesting. It'd be fun to see all the cars equipped with this or a variant thereof.
1: Cause That'd be fun. Tons of American automakers, tons of German automakers. The
0: ZF automatic eight-speed—it's—it's—it's it's, it's almost the transmission right now. Well, there's a question on here that I want to put out to the audience. It's from Grand Tournée Connoisseur, okay, saying there are plenty of resources grading performance of tires, okay, but what yeah. about brakes and brake pads? Now I know there's plenty of stuff out there, but what he's asking for is street performance pads and rotors that have figures and graphs and tests comparing different brands. Okay. Now I haven't dug into any research personally on this, but I'm I'm putting this out to the audience. What have you seen lately because I know there's been plenty of stuff in the past and what it takes is, you know, a benchmark day. It's the same temperature, it's the same car, tires, tires, all, all that, that stuff. Yep. You've got to have, you know, a lot of yeah. Benchmark parts That's lined tough. up just to be able to to definitively say this pad stops sooner than that one or this has better feel or this one doesn't squeak mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. 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 So I'm putting it out there. What have you seen lately that is recent? Because every manufacturer from, you know, Hawk to Padgett to, you know, you name, you name them, it, yeah. will claim, yeah. well, this is good for street and this is good for this. Well, how do we all know? That's a great question. It's good. I love it. Yeah. So, what have you seen lately if you do know, we'll cover it. Definitely please let us know and write to us uh, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com. Would love to uh, to see that because it's something I think it'd be interesting for us to do, but that's a either a longer topic Tuesday a, or a full-on
1: test. It it requires a test, it requires a day of car and mechanic Absolutely. and pads and that's that's an undertaking that's getting it takes some time and cost. Ed the Sled asked on Instagram, how do we feel about traditional car dealerships versus direct-to-consumer model a la Tesla? Honestly, Ed, I've I've said this before. I think the direct consumer thing is awesome. I think it's great. Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. you go in. We we buy almost everything else this way. You go in, I want that one, and I'm going to check. Oh, I want that option, and I'd like it in red, and, and and it shows up. Okay? This is how we buy most everything else. We don't need the middle person that is the car dealer. However, because of franchise laws and because of the non-monopoly stuff, same reasons that movie theaters are not owned by Warner Brothers, a whole other reason why I think that could happen now too. But anyway, side note. The, the thing is, because of the way the laws are structured and because Ford can't, can't own the local Ford dealer, it's owned by, insert your name here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This isn't going to go away anytime soon, though I will admit to you, Ed, that I love the direct buy model. Where now the person that is giving you your car delivery—that's their purpose. Their purpose there is to be a service person and to get you the car. Their purpose is not to hound you or sell you the car because you probably already sold yourself.
0: Sure, sure. You're already there. Just
1: there's 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 legal hurdles here more than just what would the consumer like.
0: Interesting. We've got a question from Todd H here. He's scheduled for driving instruction while looking for a new daily or keep the daily and the fun, as the fun car. He says, do you, should you get instruction first to inform your decision or learn after the purchase? Because hmm. he's afraid hmm. of buying this. He's got a CL Miata, he says. I'm afraid of just impulse buying it before he takes it home. I say instruction is good because it's going to help you understand what you're buying and maybe actually help you extract a little bit more out of the car that – you might otherwise not do. You might not think, well, I didn't know the car could do that. I would have tested that, and I would have felt it for myself before I bought it. Depending on your test drive, possibly. It very much depends. So I say instruction is only a good thing because you know how you can drive You know your old habits in the past. You know you can always lean yeah. back on yeah, that yeah. on your old driving style. But when you learn something new and you can actually put it to use, then, well, sure, that really responded. I learned this new thing, and I want to do that. And I'm also going to say the counterpoint is,
1: there's never a bad time for instruction. If you would like to get some Absolutely. before you car purchase, Absolutely. great. If you, if you end up, look, you're talking about a Craigslist Miata. You end up buying that right now because you're worried about it going away, you're going to like that car. You get some instruction after the fact. You can help dial it in. I think everybody, when getting a new car, is benefited by getting instruction in that new car. I love all the manufacturers that have done the performance driving days for their performance cars. You buy this and you get a free day of instruction. That, honestly, is the, my favorite thing that's happened in car buying in the last decade, that a lot of manufacturers have done that in an effort to try to keep people from wrapping their cars around trees. But I, I think that's fantastic. But, you know, I don't
0: think it should preclude your car buying either. Mm-hmm. Guys, we've got a blaze and wrap things there. One last so question from Ad the mans. He says, do you think Nissan's troubles will light a fire under them to produce some fun, <laughs> affordable cars again? <laughs> Or will they just turn to a poo emoji? I'm so glad we have poo emojis now to rely upon. <laughs> My favorite was when I saw the kid whose
1: parents I know to be highly conservative last year made him that costume for Halloween. And I thought,
0: you guys? Really? Yes. That's a different costume. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Huh. All right. Well, I absolutely hope so. If they're smart, they will, because the CVTs need to stop coming at us. They Maybe they're holding back. Maybe they're just they've got a whole new pipeline of... Electrification, hybrid, something cool coming at us, and they continue to give us CVTs in everything. Yeah, yeah. Or they could just genuinely be floundering and going, "All right, we've just focused on one car." I mean, they did just introduce the new Nissan Patrol, so you know there is that. Well, and the
1: the Rogue is a big seller for them. That it is, them and there's
0: some that just sell. They've got you know fleet sales going, yeah, all that sure. kind of stuff. For sure. Trucks for sure. But, yeah, I agree. We're ready for something new from Nissan. Nissan, are you listening? Anybody from Nissan listening? We would love <laughs> – please pass it along. We would love to see brand-new product and, you know, a glimpse of the future. I, something. I, you and I have said this
1: before. I think with the super dropping, the new Corvette dropping, I really hope that Nissan's just on the cusp of surprising us all with a new Z car. Wouldn't that be something? That they've been hiding it, and it's hiding and waiting in the wings. I don't think it's going on, but I thought it would be awesome. Carl wrote in last one for me. Carl wrote in on Facebook and said uh, – we helped, <clears throat> maybe hurt. We helped convince him, and then he convinced his wife to go drive a Julia oh. as a possible replacement for their 2013 BMW 328i that they're getting out of. No kidding. And they loved it. Awesome. They loved it. Awesome. And so he's going. Essentially, are we insane? We are selling our BMW because we're worried about it becoming a money pit, and we're buying an Alpha Julia. What is wrong with us, Carl? I'm going to say the thing that I've said before about this car. Yes, there has been plenty of coverage of it not running. However, we have driven multiple quadru- uh, Quadrifolios that just ran. I know there were press cars multiple out there. Multiple Julia's, didn't. multiple Quadrifolios. We've also yeah. driven multiple lower level ones that were yeah. Turo cars. They weren't even like, this is a Presley car. This car got major miles on Turo and it ran like crazy. And we always, when we've had those Turo cars, have asked the owners, how's this car been for you? And they've all said, great. Like, mm-hmm. like, why are we asking? Is the why way are we answered. talking about this? Like what? Yeah. It's been great. It's been fine. I, I'm not denying the fact that these cars have had issues. I do think the issues, percentage-wise, are overblown. Mm-hmm. So sure. hopefully you'll have a Julia that just runs for you and is great. And if it is
0: a problem, then you can get rid of it. Guys, thanks a million for all your questions. Really appreciate both your car debates, your car conclusions, and all the social media questions. Keep writing to us. Love to hear from you. Drop us a line, and uh, we will see you next podcast. Looking forward to it. Cheers, everyone.